Kid, Famous Swell. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in, coast to coast, entertaining the masses, sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back, enjoy the show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Another busy one today. Mm-hmm. This is Tim and Sid for Thursday, January 7th. I'm Tim McAlfee, Sid Sixero. Coming up. Francisco Lindor was traded today, yes, but he was. not to the Jays. No, he wasn't. Sid and I went on the writer's block with Richard Deitch and Jeff Blair. That's correct. About five minutes ago and nearly went not only toe-to-toe with Jeff Blair and Richard Deitch, but with each other. I think you're going to want to stick around for this conversation a little later on in the show. Oh, Unless you want to have it right now. No, no, we can't. We got we, Bill we, we, Daly we, coming up in about two minutes. We got Shai Davidi coming up. We got Brian Burke coming up. Oh, well, hold on. Jam-packed Bill, show. Is Bill Daly there, uh, Dylan Brown, who does such a great job at SportsCenter 590 The Fan? Not no. yet. I'm told not yet, Timmy. So let's have let's start the conversation because I know that's the other topic du jour, not just that the Sens and the Leafs got medical clearance to play at home starting next week, which just came down from Lisa McLeod, and I always got to write down her title, Minister of, because it's so long. Heritage, a minister of heritage, sport, cult, uh, tourism, and culture, culture industries. Uh, I'll speak English at some point during the show, Tim. So that Sorry, came down. Did you down. write that down? I did. Well, apparently in uh, like Egyptian, Egyptian hieroglyphics there, I wrote it down. <laughs> um, nice. But the other story du jour, obviously for Jay's Nation, and yeah. uh, it is tasty, is that Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco go to the Mets for Andres right, Jimenez, so the- Ahmed Rosario, and uh, two prospects not in their top five. They're top ten, but not in their top five. Your take is what? So I asked the question on writer's block whether or not the average fan is starting to get really pissed because both you and I got a text today that said this might be the most frustrating Blue Jays offseason ever because they're in on all of these free yeah. agents that, that and nothing much. has happened. It's a bit much of so, a stretch. That's a, that's a stretch to me, but continue. But is the average fan, not the guys who hate Shapiro and Atkins, they're just yeah. they're going to look I know for any about. excuse. I know is the average fan mad at the idea that the Jays are in on everybody but haven't gotten anybody? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because they just hear what, we're, what we've been saying. They're reading what we're reading from so, Shy and from Jeff Passan and from all of these, like, all of the national Tim, I've never Stop seen anything pon- like it. Stop the pontification. I need to ask a follow up because Bill Daly is going to join us in mere moments to talk about Ontario. Oh, and- he's coming on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, they're getting so very frustrated. You, is it question. is it then Springer, Bauer, or Bust for the Jays, or are we in a moment here where Jays fans are okay with being in the mix because they haven't been in the mix in a long time? For the Fairweather fan, it's 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 Lemayhew, Springer. Bauer or bust, but I think when you I think when you look at the rest of the field, there's really good players out there that you're going to get at bargain basement prices. We don't talk about that because the insinuation has been the Jays are swinging for that bit the longest fence they can aim at, and I understand right. if Jays fans are a little upset. Their off season is not over today. I know that you know that rational people know that, but it seems like you still can't comment on a trade on social media. It's like let's wait for the offseason to play out, guys. Yeah, I don't got four months. I'm talking about this now, Jack. All right, I'll comment on this trade now. You don't like it? Unfollow me. But no, this is not yet the most frustrating well, Jays offseason I've ever seen. So it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You don't, you go down don't that understand road. the person who is 
saying that you can't give a grade until the test is over? Like what's uh, no, I, I don't understand that at all. Actually, I think you can give a grade immediately. <laughs> yes, I think you can give a grade. Test, Sorry. So what more do you need to over. see from Francisco Lindor to convince you that would have been a good pickup? What more do you need I'm to sorry, see? One more time. What more do you need to see from Francisco Lindor? Put the contract aside. Okay, so what more do you this. need to see about Francisco Lindor to, to prove mm-hmm. to you that he's a good pickup? What more do you need to see? Do I think that Francisco Lindor is a good pickup? Yes. Do I think that if the Jays go out and get George Springer, I'll mm-hmm. be okay with their offseason? Like, how I'll are those okay mutually exclusive? See, see what where I'm, I'm going with it. You're saying this is bad. They should have gotten Lindor. But I say, we'll wait till the rest of the offseason plays out. Maybe it wasn't all that bad to not move Bo Bichette. Okay. And my point is, I think this move told you how the rest of the offseason might play out. But that's a discussion for another day because the one and only Bill Daly, who I also yes. believe, if memory serves, is a baseball guy too. Loves him some baseball. Uh, Deputy Commissioner of the NHL joining us here on Timmons. Am I wrong there, Bill? You're a baseball guy, right? Uh, I, uh, yes, I, I, I love baseball, love football, love hockey. There you go. Uh, not as big a basketball guy, but, uh, you, but I'm, a, I'm a sports guy generally. Did you grow up rooting for a specific baseball team, and would you divulge that information here on Tim and Sid? <laughs> you're, you're talking about Lindor. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, well, well, well. Well, well, well. Look the, out. The, the skies are bright today for Bill Daly on a couple and of fronts. that's rare for a Mets fan, so like, <laughs> let him enjoy this. All right. No, I'm not mad at the Mets for pulling yeah. off a great deal. Yes. Oh, my God. And okay. Carlos Carrasco here. Let's talk. You know, he's a he's $12 million pitcher. Anyway, that's not why you came on. Baseball <laughs> analyst uh, Bill Daly joining us here on Tim and Sid. So you're um, happy today. Yeah, I would You're assume. happy today. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good deal. I'm happy. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let's shift gears to something that I'm sure also made you happy. Uh, we uh, got word about an hour ago from uh, the Minister of Heritage, Sport, Tourism, and Culture Industries in Ontario. Sens can play at home starting next week. Leafs can play at home starting next week. Um, just initial feeling on that, Bill, and, and, and a feeling on the last province to give the official okay, which is Manitoba. Where, where do we stand on both fronts? Your feelings about Ontario, and, and when do you think Manitoba might come down? Well, obviously very, very pleased uh, with the Ontario. Ontario decision today, and and uh, I know a lot of people worked really hard uh, on that, uh, both uh, for the province, the the two local health authorities involved, uh, the two clubs, uh, been spending a lot of time on it, and um, you know, hopefully it was always just a matter of time, uh, but um, you know, we, we we obviously feel like we've put in place uh, a pretty. Um, comprehensive program that will keep people safe uh, and healthy and uh, we're, we're certainly will do our best to keep people safe and healthy and and um, you know we, we certainly are, are very thankful that to the health authorities saw it that way and and that uh, we'll be able to play games in Ontario do you uh, know when you'll expect something back from Manitoba <clears throat> um, I, ex- I well uh, I think the club expects something uh, a, a broader um, type announcement sometime in the near future. I I don't think it's something that uh, they, they certainly have not been given any reason to doubt uh, that it'll be a positive decision. Yeah, the, the acting commissioner, our deputy chief of public health, has said confident things will move ahead as planned. So that's that's a good start. Um, Bill yeah, Daly joining us here on Timothy. Process. Quite the process, but uh, you know, it, it, 
you know what what I what I'd feel good about if I'm a Canadian is uh, certainly your your uh, public health officials um, are looking out for the the health and safety of Canadians and uh, we're very comprehensive in their approach and and uh, you know we're, we're glad we're we were able to work with them constructively collaboratively and gotten to the right result. Uh, Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner NHL, joining us here on Timisit. Bill, honestly, when that process started with the five provinces, was your gut telling you we can get clearance in all five? Honestly, all five provinces. Were you optimistic? Were you? Were did you realize the task ahead? Of you? I mean, I'm sure you did, but did you? Did you really think all five were going to give you the the green light? Um, fair, fair question. I, I, I think I went through different stages at different points of the process. I think that we started the process certainly very optimistic uh, that we'd get to the right result. Um, I think there were there were times uh, after that where we had uh, a higher sense of concern in some provinces. Um, but I, I, I will tell you that you know we had an exchange of correspondence uh, with the five provinces together. Um, uh, you know, around Christmas time. Um, by the time we were done with that uh, exchange of correspondence, I was highly confident that we would not have an issue. Outside of health and safety, and, and I, because I think that we can all safely operate from the assumption that health and safety of all involved is paramount, but after that, what has been the most trying part about getting this season to a start line? Uh Good, good question. I mean, I, I think the craziest part for us is all the moving pieces. And, you know, I don't, you know, the, certainly uh, our league has never seen a season like this season uh, or a year like this year. And, and that involves kind of all levels of hockey, you know, what's going on uh, in the, or what's not going on in the, in the major, major junior hockey leagues in Canada. Um, what's going on? Uh, you know, we don't have a. You know, the, the American Hockey League has announced now that they're going to resume play on, on February fifth with a with a schedule. Um, but you know, we we have not had a, a major professional league. Um, you know, the ECHL started with uh, with only a fraction of its franchises sometime in the middle of December. Um, the European leagues have been st- stop and start, stop and start, and some have not started at all. Um, so it, it's been a it's been a challenge uh, with respect to kind of you know where all the chairs are and and uh, where all the players are going to be when the music stops and and um, that's been a you know and and we sit at the top of that pyramid and, and unfortunately for better or for worse we have to figure out uh, the answers to those questions we collectively with the players association with the players. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a challenge. It's uh, it's quite the puzzle, um, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll never see anything like this again. It'll here. be a, a very very unique season, uh, but we'll see uh, we'll see if we can bring everything down safely. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly here on Tim and Sid. Bill, the NBA has been doing this now for I guess three weeks ish. Um, anything you've seen from the NBA from a structural standpoint that reinforced some ideas for, for you and Gary in the league, some new, some new items that maybe popped up you weren't anticipating? How, what can you draw from how the NBA has started? Uh, well, I mean, it, from all uh, appearances, it, it seems to be a very, very successful start. Um, so, you know, I, I, I uh, would think that, uh, you know, we, we know what their protocols are. Um, you know, obviously we'll have, uh, we'll have protocols that are very similar. Uh, we're, we're, 
you know, a different sport with the different roster uh, requirements, different, you know, we have a minor league. They don't, um, there's a, it's a bunch of different things that we have to deal with. Uh, but at the end of the day, in terms of, of being able to play games, it's, it's your ability to keep the, the players uh, healthy. And, you know, the, the key to keeping the players healthy, it's not the regular testing that we both have. It, it really, it's, it's really the diligence in, and, um, maintaining health practices and hygiene practices and, and best practices and doing the right things um, and and keeping the players uh, kind of uh, away from unnecessary interactions with other people. Uh, and obviously to this point, uh, what seemed the NBA has been successful in doing that. Their players have been successful in doing that. Our key to success long-term is going to be uh, the same. We're going to need to be successful in keeping players healthy. NHL Deputy Commissioner, Deputy Commissioner. Easy for me to say. Bill Daly joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, we were talking about the helmet decals and the naming of the divisions yesterday. And to be honest, not that I'm anything but, but to be honest, and I'm not blowing smoke, we didn't really understand the pushback from the fans. But I guess the big question that we got is, is this a one-year-only thing? Um. You know, it probably depends on on what initiative we're talking about, uh, and it might not. Uh, what I'd say is, uh, obviously, our our business people have been working, you know, around the clock, really from the the start of the pandemic, way back in in March of 2020, um, to uh, to develop creative ideas, to think outside the box, to uh, to to try to drive revenue and and maximize revenue, because you know when you're you play. Uh, a professional sport and and you're not able to to welcome uh, a live audience um, uh, and charge admission to a live audience it it's a pretty big hole in your revenue generation so you're looking for ways uh, to to fill that hole best you can i think our guys have done uh, a remarkable job in coming up with uh, with some ideas to do that um, and uh, you know hopefully we'll be successful in ex- exploiting those ideas um, but we also understand that the uniqueness of this year and so you know we'll see how it plays out uh, we'll see um, you know what our clubs believe and think um, and we'll figure out what we're doing uh, in the future but we don't have to make those decisions yet I get it, and I understand the need for specifics, so I'll ask this specifically. Has there been any talk about the Canadian division lasting for more than a year? No. No, I, I, I don't think as a... No, as please, a practice, Dale. Please, please, Bill. Please, actually, please. Quite, quite, quite <laughs> the opposite, actually. I, I think from a league perspective, um, I, I, think, uh, I think there's a desire uh, to resume uh, our regular alignment as quickly as we possibly can. Is it because right. of the travel? Is it because of you got teams that want those teams going to their buildings? Like, what's the biggest thing? Because the, you you understand, there's a huge amount of excitement north of the border to see this this year. Yeah, and I'm excited. There's a, a level of excitement. I think that makes uh, you know. I think there are a number of aspects uh, about this season, um, you know, which are unique, but which which add uh, interest and are are quite compelling. And certainly. The all Canadian division aspect is is one of those. Um, so I get it. Uh, I, I just think from a league wide perspective and a, a league perspective, you know, we are one league. Um, you know, we're not 
we're not a league that exists north of the border and a league that exists south of the border. And I think um, kind of the integration of franchises, uh, you know, to to really demonstrate a, a North American league is is where we've always been and and where we want to be. I don't uh, I don't I don't disagree with any of that, Bill. But you you and I both know, and I am an employee of Rogers Communications. You and I both know that somebody may get you on a phone or send you a text at some point this year going, man, these numbers are good, Bill. These numbers are good. So good. Anyway, that I, 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 pr- I predict that phone call may happen, and you will give them a proper response, I'm sure. Uh, Bill Daly here on Timmonson. All right, Bill, um, vaccines. We had Donald Fear on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, he couldn't really give an answer about what it would mean when the vaccine becomes available to your league. Do you expect National Hockey League players to take it? Um, that's a complicated question, too. I, I would hope that most of the population will uh, ultimately decide to take it. Uh, and I would certainly put NHL players in, in, um, in that category. Um, so, yes, I, I think, uh, you know, from, from what I understand, uh, and at least to this point, uh, the vaccine uh, seems as if it will be very effective. Um, we're obviously in a, in a situation where we have a, a very contagious virus that um, not only uh, causes people to get sick, uh, but in, in certain circumstances causes uh, or costs lives. So uh, I think it's good for the general populace that people be vaccinated and, and be protected against infection. Uh, it will certainly speed um, us to uh, more normalcy, uh, not only in the sports industry, uh, but but just in general everyday life. And so I, I view those all to be positives. Um, if you're asking me whether we're going to make it mandatory for the players to take the vaccine, that's a totally different question and it has uh, legal uh, implications and, and it's something that you know, we would have to discuss and agree on with the Players Association. So, so there's a whole different element of questions associated with uh, players ultimately taking the vaccine. But do I want them to take the vaccine? Absolutely. Bill Daly joining us here on Tim and Sid. And I feel like a lot of this conversation, like a lot of the last nine to ten months, is in the deep end. And I understand it. But your league has has received its fair share of criticism when it comes to the, the steps that we're all trying to take towards finding equality and the idea of social justice and uh, you're not alone in that but in October the Hockey Diversity Alliance which uh, includes players in your league said that they were parting ways with the league because they believed that the league wasn't committed to addressing the barriers to inclusion do you believe that your league is doing enough when it comes to diversity in the game um, well do I think our league can do more yes I do think our league can do more do i think we're doing more absolutely we're doing more and, and uh you know I, I think the league announced uh, back in june the commissioner announced uh the formation of a number of of committees i happen to be on one of those committees which is a player inclusion uh committee um we met yesterday uh has a number of uh current active players and and former players on it um, going to be making recommendations to our executive inclusion council, uh, which also met today. Uh, we also have a fan inclusion council and a uh, or committee and a, and a youth hockey inclusion committee. All, all of those committees have been active and working. They're all uh, going to table recommendations with our executive inclusion council. 
Um, they're all going to involve concrete steps. So the answer is yes. Uh, we're do- we, we think we need to do more. Um, we think we are doing more. And we think we will do more in the future. Bill Daly, NHL Deputy Commissioner here on Tim and Sid. Um, Bill, last one from me. I'm excited for hockey. I know you're excited for hockey. I know Tim McAuliffe's excited for hockey because hockey's yes. great. Um, but in this in this world we're living in right now, in this country, uh, and Bill, as, as you can understand with the news that, that the Leafs and Sens just got the green light to play at home, there are those who are saying, well, well clearly the NHL is getting preferential treatment here in a time where not a lot of people are. How would you respond to that? I guess I'll, I'll, I'll respond uh, by finishing where I started, which is, <clears throat> which is there's, it, it's not as if we, we just asked, let's, let's uh, be able to play because we're hockey. And, uh, you know, somebody gave us the thumbs up because we're hockey. Um, we, we asked to play, and, and in support of our uh, request to play, uh, we, uh, we showed the relevant health authorities uh, the various uh, steps that we were taking to ensure not only the health and safety of the NHL community, uh, but the health and safety of, of the Canadian public. And, uh, you know, that wasn't an easy process, as we've already discussed. We, it, it went through multiple iterations. Um, those health authorities had comments. We addressed those comments um, in responsive ways. And ultimately, we got uh, everybody comfortable that uh, having NHL hockey um, is, is probably a more positive result than not having NHL hockey. And, and certainly we're in agreement with that. Uh, Bill, we appreciate this conversation. We know that uh, none of these were real softballs for you. So when I close, I want to ask you this on purpose. <clears throat> Did you become a Mets fan because in 1969 you watched the Mazen Mets and thought that's what it was going to be for the rest of your fandom? So in 1969, I was, uh, I was, I'll give you away the secret. I was four years old. So no, I was not aware of the 69 Mets, but I was very much aware of the 73 Mets and they lost in seven games to the Oakland A's. That was a, was a heartbreaker and, and I'm sure I shed a lot of tears uh, when that happened. Well, there was a team in the eighties though that made you feel pretty good. You did okay. Yeah. Uh, 86 Mets, uh, probably one of the best teams ever. But maybe Fantastic. I'm biased as well. I think. Well, you're you're yeah, allowed maybe. to be, especially on this uh, Francisco Lindor day for all Mets fans everywhere. You're allowed to be biased, Bill. We uh we we know you've been you've been grinding here. We appreciate the time and uh, enjoy hockey back next week. Thank you, sir. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. There is the uh, deputy commissioner of the NHL, Bill Daly, on the day that Ontario gave the go ahead to both the Leafs and the Sens, and worth reiterating what the deputy commissioner said and what we've said before. It's not as if the Leafs and Sens are just getting special treatment and they're going to play. They go through a ridiculous amount of protocol, most of it paid for by the teams and or the league, all of it paid for by the leagues and or the team. And that's why these provinces are signing off not the least of which BC, which told them to go kick rocks earlier. No, no bubble here. NHL, Bill, yeah. Bill and everyone thought a bubble was happening in Vancouver. And at the end, 
uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and companies, they just weren't completely comfortable and, uh, and a move had to be made. And, you know, it's, it's never smooth. And as Bill said earlier in the interview, you know, it fluctuated as to his confidence. <laughs> You're dealing with yeah. five provinces instead of two. So, um, so that's, look, I, I, I get those who, who want this and think this is great. I'm going to be watching, Tim. You're going to be watching. I, whether if I worked in sports or not, I'd be watching. And I understand those whose small business went under. And those who are being affected by the curfew in Quebec and the one that might be coming here in Ontario. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I get it. And the, hor- completely and understand the horse it. racing industry that had yeah. yeah, that had no positive test from what I can understand. And Ontario. the junior hockey teams that can't play because they can't test every day. And it's just, right. I get all that. I just want to be clear on that. And I, and I know Tim McAuliffe does as well. So we want to thank Bill Daly again. Uh, not easy questions, but we, we appreciate his time. So the conversation is somewhat nuanced, and there are no simple answers, even though there are people out there who are promising simple answers. So it's built for Twitter. Yeah, you're right, Tim. It's built for Twitter. <laughs> is that <laughs> just built? Is that what Twitter has come to? Oh, I wasn't yeah. referring to Twitter specifically. Just good, solid, nuanced discussion where no one thinks they're right, and everyone just moves on with their day. Speaking of the Toronto Blue Jays, did I'm right not on this one. acquire Francisco Lindor. He went to the Mets. You may have heard. We'll discuss that. Shai Davidi just after 6 p.m. Brian Burke coming up around 6.30. We'll see what he's excited about. Maybe we'll talk a little hockey culture with Burke later on. It's all coming up this edition. Did you notice, by the way, I got a travel mug today? Tim and Sid. Let me see. Let me see. Sports just down. Don't, put, don't put it on your pants, bro. Don't put it on your pants. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet 590 fan in Toronto, Sportsnet TV, across the nation. Some significant baseball news today, if you haven't heard it. And it's probably the news most Blue Jays fans did not want to hear. I think a lot of Jays fans wanted Francisco Lindor. He is now headed to the New York Mets. The Mets and Cleveland completing a trade that will send Lindor and Carlos Carrasco Mm -hmm. to New York for a package of four young players. Of course, Lindor has been linked to the Jays, and there were even reports saying that he might want to go to Toronto. So what does this mean to the Toronto Blue Jays in your mindset? This was the one they could control the most, is why I'm, I'm a little on my heels about it. Not only does Ross Atkins know Francisco Lindor a little bit, right? Time in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Not only does Mark Shapiro know Francisco Lindor a little bit. Time in Cleveland. The Jays have their farm systems as good as we've we've seen since you and I have been doing this show at Rogers, Tim. Would you not agree? Like, I mean, I can't can't recite every top 10 from Jays prospects going over the last 10 years. But it seems pretty, pretty full. The cupboard seems full. Pantry full. Pantry full. Cupboard. Whatever. The door so you opened is full. I turned into Sugats there. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a seller. Um, my point is, George Springer is going to be hard to sign. DJ LeMahieu is going to be hard to sign. Trevor Bauer is a one hundred percent wild card. Anyone who thinks they have the inside track on Trevor Bauer, you better check yourself. Wild cards left and right. With the Mets looking to spend money, with the Yankees still looking to bring back DJ LeMahieu, and apparently the Dodgers aren't done sniffing around either. If you trade for a guy, that, if you're the Jays, is your best bet 
to land that fish. And if that was the price for not only a perennial MVP player who's 27 years old in Francisco Lindor in the last year of his deal, I grant you, but that's still an MVP player, a clubhouse changer for a generally young team in Toronto, but you also would have got Carlos Carrasco, who basically, depending on Nate Pearson, becomes your second starter, making Randall Grichik money. Like that. Done. Done. Kevin Biggio's 25. Lindor's 27 years old. There are things you can do there. And that's what kind of bothers me about it. I thought if the Jays wanted to put together a better offer on paper, I'm not involved in the talks, neither are you. I get it. I thought they could have made a better offer than that. That's what's kind of bothering me here. Because now if you're George Springer, who grew up 90 minutes away from, from where the Mets play baseball, all right, in Connecticut. Okay, you're moving that becomes, on to the second that becomes topic. an interesting, interesting move for him. You can't, you can't move on yet. I can't let you move on yet. Go ahead. I want to talk circle. about we'll Springer, and I want to talk about – but you don't think that the Jays offered more and it wasn't about whether or not Lindor would sign? Like, if, if this is laid out, and I had told you that this or the equivalent of what the Mets gave to Cleveland – wasn't offered up by the Jays, would you not be shocked? Like, you're in. Immediate... I'd, I'd be completely shocked. I'd be completely shocked. Completely the shocked. The reports out of New York are that they're not close on a new deal and that the Mets are willing to roll the dice on the year and the deal, and that's why the return was so low. So, in the end, this had to be, in my mind, and I am no Blue Jays apologist had to be about whether or not you could get Lindor signed. Because if you move Bo Bichette over to second for a year and don't keep Lindor, I don't care what you gave up, you're playing with fire. Now add you're always Carrasco. playing with fire. Yeah. Now, now add Carrasco fire. to the mix, and that's a different story. He like, signed for two more years. Two more years and no money. No money. $12 million. That's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. And, I'm with you by on the that. way, Cleveland needs that, an outfielder. No, 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 you got no, Lourdes but, Gurriel Jr. sitting there and left. Stop, stop they yelling need and screaming. One. You didn't even have to give up Lourdes Gurriel. That's not even – there's That's nothing the, There's nothing right. in this. You're right. So I'm, I'm suggesting to you that the Jays didn't make this deal because Lindor wouldn't sign beyond this year. Listen, it's every, every ounce of my being – wants to fight being mad at that. But if that, in the end, is the reason, and I would not... And we got Shai Davidi coming up here at 6 Eastern. If that is the reason it didn't get done, I'll swallow it with no issues. I'll swallow it with no issues. If the issue was we didn't feel comfortable with the package, then I got a problem. Because, Tim, to go over your point, Andreas Jimenez... He's an everyday shortstop for them, basically. By the end of last year for the Mets, he was an everyday mm-hmm. shortstop. So that's a position player every day they gave up. Ahmed Rosario is not good. In fact, he lost the job at short that Jimenez won. So now he's a backup position player they gave up and two prospects not in the top five. I pray it's the contract. I pray the, it's the money. I pray. Because if it isn't, this is a huge swing and a mess. Huge. So let me then follow up with this, because this is what I believe – Jeff Blair didn't believe it one shred, and I was jaw-dropped by it, and I couldn't get an ed- a word in edgewise because you were screaming. I jumped screaming, in, yeah. I jumped in. And Deitch was screaming. 
Deitch was just but, cursing like a sailor. Goodness. He actually did. He cursed. Check out the end of Riders Block Day. It's awesome. He awesome. went like Joe Scarborough on us. Yeah, well, not that not not that far. Not that far. It seems close. clear to me that the Toronto Blue Jays are in the mix and players are choosing to go anywhere else with a comparable option because they have no idea where the Jays are going to be next season. Now, Jeff Blair nearly took a crap all over me saying that halfway through, but I think he left out the comparable option. And it seems like has been the case for, I don't know, three decades that the Jays are going to have to overpay to get guys here. And that goes for Lindor, who's asking for $300 million or more, and George Springer, who's waiting on the Mets to come up with that money because the Mets are the only ones paying here outside of San Diego. Like, the reason why, and unless you disagree with all these experts that have told us that the Jays are in on guys, is that players don't want to go where they don't know where they're going to play. I think that's a bigger issue than the team would like to admit. I would agree with you, Tim. Um, there are some guys out there who don't care and just want want the cheddar. Those guys exist. I no, but I, I but, stop. But that. I think don't, if you're, don't if you're, do what Jeff just did because I agree with you. If you pay them true. fifty million, it yeah. doesn't. No, I know, but no one's going to pay fifty million more. I'm saying any comparable option, they're going to the American team. Well, Blue Jay history would agree. In the middle of a global pandemic, aside from especially in a global pandemic, in normal times, no, that's what we are. We're in a global. And only three three moments in Jay's history where you're like, "Wow, they got a guy," and they got the guy you didn't think they were going to get. That's Jay's history. Go read it. Go read it. I know what the tweets have been telling you for four months, but go read it. So I would, Tim, I, I I don't disagree with you, which is why I thought the Lindor thing was very important because he didn't have a choice. Well, you trade for free. No, you have you, to. Feel sorry, like he has, you a, can no, sign he has him. a no trade complex. He has no, a no trade You clause? have to feel like you can sign him. You're discounting. But what if he doesn't him. even if do you, that to the Mets? But if he doesn't even do that with the Mets, like so, you don't even the, roll that dice. You don't even roll the dice on Francisco Lindor. But you're you not moving it. a guy that you've been tabbing as a franchise level guy from his natural position to do that move for one year, which but is a different thing in Toronto. Well, okay, so if he leaves, if Lindor leaves after the year, then you put him back at short then. You were the guy Fine. saying that Bo Bichette would be pissed off if he was moved from shortstop. Uh, How has that changed? You and I would be pissed off. The problem is, Bo, you're, bringing, you're not bringing in me to play short and him moving. You're bringing in the best shortstop in the game for the last four years. I feel the like best. you're changing your opinion on this. I'm not. I'm saying there's so many unknowns in that. Fr- this is my major beef tonight. It took me 10 minutes to get her. There's so much uncertainty with the Jays. Why not get the thing that's certain with the pitcher that becomes it's your number not, two guy? It's not certain. It's one for year. a year. For a year, it's certain. For a year, it's certain. Tim, sometimes that's all you need. Give Mark, give give Ross and Mark a year with him in this organization. Robbie Ray resigned. Robbie Ray's not Francisco Lindor. Robbie Ray couldn't put point Toronto on a map before getting traded in the, at that deadline. You see, he resigned like that, like the first yeah, day same, he resigned. Same thing, Robbie it's not Ray, the same thing. Like I just said, year, it's not the same thing. The same but you're acting like it never happens. It happens. 
And I'm saying if you get Francisco Lindor in the door, then it's okay if you miss on Springer. And it's okay if you miss on LeMahieu. And okay. it's okay if you miss on Bauer. So That's my point. Because you might miss on all three, and then what you got left? Liam Hendricks? You're okay. That's my point. Okay, so that's the next question is, are you LeMahieu, Springer, Bauer, or Bust now? Because Jeff Blair gave you Liam Hendricks, Jackie Bradley Jr., and someone to play second. I don't know, like a Colton Wong. I don't hate any of those players. They're all good players. But there, there is a level the J, But what the Jays are trying to do here, based on what we're all reading and, and talking to Ross and talking to Mark on this show, is there's a next level of acquisition. And Mark Shapiro has been talking to the Rogers Communications Board about this for years. When they're ready to take a step, whenever that next step is, even in a global pandemic. Yeah, but that's, that's why... Got to give me the budget. The, that's all the more reason why... If you gave up Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and got one year of Francisco Lindor, you're you are biting off your finger or whatever the hell the thing is. You think that name. highly of Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? Like you th- you really place that much value? I'm, I thought you were going to sit here and tell me you got to give up Kevin Biggio, and I'm like, that's that's tough. I don't I don't that's have tough. to tell you. I don't have to tell you what Francisco Lindor is. Or excuse me. I don't. He's got really good value. <laughs> I don't have to tell you what Lourdes Gurriel's value is go look around the league go ask around the league they'll tell you there is value in that that's the whole point though for cleveland who would need an outfielder there's value in that no i know what i think you're not listening to they're me both again, 27 saying, years old tim they're both 27 years old get him in the door the, if you give up the control of lourdes guriel jr at his price and you can't keep lindor that's a bad trade but that's a 2022 problem that's not a 2021 problem See, that's what the that's, math is telling me on no, that. That's a fan. Lourdes, a fan. Yeah, and a fan would say, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., you can't, you can't get rid of him. You can't move I'm not him. Saying, I'm not saying you can't move him. I'm saying that you better have Lindor for more than a season to move him. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying you, can, you have time to convince him to do that. You have time. Now, I also thought the Raptors would have time with Kawhi. Didn't quite work out. Right. But what I'm saying and is if you now miss out on these other guys, at least you still have Lindor for the year, and you can work I, with that. I got you, and I think that – and I agree with you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with you kind of. What the hell just happened? I agree with you kind of. But but the Jays must think that they've got inside moves on other guys that could fill up that gap. And that's why I say – Wait until the data comes in on the off season to completely judge the off season. By the way, um, we've also got news on um, Sagano going back to Japan, which is another oh Yomiyuki Sagano, the the, the, yeah. the fourteen and two guy from Japan. He's, he won two Japanese Cy Youngs. I don't know what they call them over there, but he has a rep. He has a rep. So Picture he's going back year. to Japan. He's going back to Japan. Right. It's done. I, th- I thought I read San Diego. Yeah, yeah. It's not San Diego. He's going back. No, no. He's, he's going back to Japan. All right. Well, that's, that's what I uh, last read. All right. Well, I'm, I'm further pissed. Jay should have had him. No, I don't care. I don't, I don't know well, what but this, this guy is. This speaks to no my idea. point. Like, he's yeah. not coming over in the middle of a pandemic. Because he, he didn't get his number. He didn't get his number, wait, though. Like, wait, for, I, I, wait for my number? But that's what I read from everyone reporting it. He's waiting on his number. Anyway, 14-2 and two is not bad, but it ain't Major League Baseball. We're going to take a break. Um, an interesting NBA sked last night, McCall. we show him striking out Adam Jones and <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> Listen, he's got a resume. I'm not saying he doesn't have a resume, but right. didn't get his number. We're going to take a break. 
Uh, NBA played games last night, uh, but that kind of wasn't the story. We'll discuss. Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Welcome back, uh, Timmy. Busy night in the NBA last night. Raptors lost again. Great performances around the league. But the events of the previous 48 hours in the U.S. once again, as you and I did a show during it yesterday, made it impossible to stick to basketball. The decision to not file charges against a police officer who shot Jacob Blake multiple times. That was earlier this week. And the events of the U.S. Capitol yesterday left players and coaches once again struggling with how to express their frustration with the lack of progress when it comes to racism and equality. Same issues that led to the brief player strike in the bubble that lasted four days last summer. Yeah, led by Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul, the Raptors and Suns locked arms for the Canadian and American national anthems, while the Celtics and the Heat walked off the court together before their game, issuing a joint statement that began, 2021 is a new year, but some things haven't changed went on to say, we have decided to play tonight's game to try and bring joy into people's lives, but we must not forget the injustices in our society, and we will continue to use our voices and our platform to highlight these issues and do everything we can to work for a more equal and just America. They ended the statement with the hashtag, Black Lives Still Matter. Celtics coach Brad Stevens said they came very close to not playing and that his players had the full support of the organization had they chosen to sit out. Celtics and Heat players knelt for the national anthem, as did the Clippers and Warriors, and the Bucks Pistons took a knee just prior to tip-off to symbolize the seven times Jacob Blake was shot. They knelt for seven seconds. After the Raptors game, Tim, Kyle Lowry was speaking to the media. He didn't talk basketball at all. He wanted to talk about what was going on. And at one point, he looked up, and I believe CNN was on one of the monitors just to his left. And, and this is how he ended his media availability, reading the key on the screen. Roll it. And I'm reading, I mean, breaking news, <clears throat> four dead after riders stormed the you know, Congress and to block Biden went like, what the f***? And the, the man that was the president, like, inside us, he, he, he told him to do it. Like, that man is a criminal. Like, he should be charged. And, and this is crazy. Like, <laughs> that is crazy, you know? You basically told them to go do this, and people died. Like, not that even cool. Like, it's tough. Yesterday, we held off on the conversation because uh, both you and I figured most people that were really interested in hearing that and not the distraction that we often provide would be somewhere else. Uh, after the sporting world took notice last night, uh, I offer up our platform to you for your thoughts on it i mean and we just got whispered two minutes two minutes not fair I can do, and i apologize i can no i could do this um the thing that you listening to kyle last night it wasn't just kyle it was it was it was like fred nick nurse um pascal siakam's off social media god bless him so he really didn't know and i wanted to be him yesterday he really didn't know what was going on but a lot of NBA reaction came down. You and I, at least during the show, for moments, uh, brief or long, can still talk about this a little and, and let out some frustration or just be honest and talk and, and get some things out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how those guys, the professional athletes, do that. Because they're, the, they're in the dressing room in the afternoon, like most of us watching it take place, this, this act of terrorism. 
and they literally have to they have to shut it out. You and I can still kind of wade in the waters here a bit as we do our show. They can't. Like Kyle and those guys had to play last night and think about set the screens and and getting the Nick Nurse call in and and I think I think you saw some of that reaction in the post game, Tim, of exhaustion. Yeah. That that a lot of what was done in the bubble, and I hate to phrase it this way, but let's be honest here, we're all thinking the same thing. I don't know how much has changed in eight months, six months, four months. I, I clearly not much. And I think that's what you heard a bit last night. Was that wow. Don't know how much changed. That's what hit me. Maybe we can continue the conversation after the break. Uh, and this is easy for me to say. Uh, but Plato did once say, never discourage anyone who continually makes progress, no matter how slow. Just keep taking the steps, as frustrating as it may be. And very easy for me to say. But hopefully we can just keep taking those steps. And then these conversations can be squashed. We'll have more of them after the break. Shai Davidi, Brian Burke next. It's time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. Thank you very much, Chief Dogs. Shai Davidi, Brian Burke in the final hour. Too sweet to be sour. To quote my show, Fresh West from Birchmount, just north of Glendower. Let him know. But I digress. Let him know. But I digress. Uh, I hate with a passion, and Sid knows this, when I bring up intricate conversations on this show and then hear two minutes. And Sid uses a minute 35 very eloquently, and I'm left with 25 seconds at the end. <laughs> to attempt to tie some sort of bow and say Shai Davidi and Brian Burke on the other side. Which you did. Um, <laughs> Good so, job. Which you did. <laughs> right. Part of the job right. sometimes. It is what it is. Quote, Plato, maybe not in the right spot, but sometimes when I'm at a loss, uh, Mark Twain once said the ability to quote is a serviceable replacement for wit. So, Tim, Tim, what of anything yesterday was in the right spot? <laughs> the right spot. What is the right spot in the last 10 months? Just, well, maybe that's a discussion for another block. Ask me with two minutes to go. I, yeah, I hate the two <laughs> minutes to go. I think it's unfair. I'm, I, you don't have to apologize. I'm, I'm cool. I'm a bit cooler with it than you because this is just who we are. We, we just talk, right. man. We, we're having conversations. Sometimes no, we have two minutes. Outs. I don't think it's that for big those, a deal, but I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what for you're saying. those who don't know, they're hard outs. Like We have to get to commercial break at this time, so you can't. You can't push the conversation. And we don't like doing the Greg, the Greg Cody Levitard hard out either. That's not really, especially topics like that. Look yeah, up the Greg Cody hard outs on YouTube. Look it up. Just trust me. You'll enjoy. You'll enjoy. Social justice and equality yeah. in North America hard out. Um, there's a bunch of things that I, I would normally follow up with. The one thing that I do, and I understand for the players in the game, I think it's important in Canada that we understand, like, I heard a bunch of people say yesterday, man, when the world's in chaos like this. And I thought to myself, like, we have to remember that the United States is one country in the world. A very influential country, but it is just one country in the world. And so often we get caught up thinking that they are us. And while we're not perfect, we're also not them. 
And sometimes, not all the time, and sometimes it's easier for others to say than some, but we have to remember that that is a different country with a different set of rules and based on a different set of ideals. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I'd like to also remind people what, what you're seeing on the news right now happens about five times a year in other countries. Just, just yeah. like the shock and awe of it, I understand it because I had it. Yeah, you, I always yeah. thought they, I always thought the U.S. Capitol with the second, third, and fourth in line to the presidency sitting there might be protected. My bad, my bad. <laughs> um, apparently, White White House down is uh, is a real thing, but right. I it just just keep that in mind. What's going on here? There are other countries all over the place going. Yeah, let me know when you get to chapter three. Let me let me let me know when you get there, Johnny. Shocked. Let me know. This is a, this story's got a lot of chapters to it. Speaking of chapters, Tim, what? if I could try and bring it back to no, no. Sorry, go ahead. Make the point. Not yet. Um, there, there's two things that I want to follow up. Uh, while you were saying that, I was reminded of a tweet from Mohammed Safa who said, "If the United States saw what the United States is doing in the United States, the United States would invade the United States to liberate For the sure. United States from the tyranny For freedom. of For the freedom. United States. For freedom." <laughs> USA would really show the USA in that fight. Right. Would really anyway, show the USA. While you were yeah. saying about other countries yeah. in the world, I thought of that tweet. And and the other thing that I wanted to add to all of this is that's why it's also important for us every once in a while, even as two white dudes in Toronto, in Canada, hosting a sports show, to call out the dog whistles the perfect purposeful misinformation and propaganda cloaked in this realm of free speech that is allowed to fester and become this. I would agree with that hundred percent. I think we have, I think, I think we're one of the few shows, if I may, that we don't pick and choose when we come on air. We're on air every day, right? We're on air every day, bud. <laughs> and we're doing that. So and I didn't mean for that to get a laugh. I'm being serious. We're on here every day for 10 months. The bud got me. I'm sorry. I should have said the bud. I could have left out the bud. Because I was going to go, I was going to go, bruh. I'm like, what makes him laugh less, bud or bruh? Uh, Tim, do you remember going into the bubble? um, Kyrie Irving, who at the the time was a Brooklyn Net, but not going to play in the bubble. He was probably the most vocal NBA player about not playing, not having returned to play in the midst of, of George Floyd, in the midst of all that. Like he was a very vocal, vocal player. Uh, we're hearing tonight Sixers are going to take on the Nets on TNT. And the Nets are already without Kevin Durant for like a week due yeah. to COVID protocols. Uh, this is from Brian Mahoney. Steve Nash says he hasn't yet spoken to Kyrie Irving, so he doesn't know why he isn't playing tonight, calls it a private matter. I don't want to jump to any conclusions because Kyrie is Kyrie. He's his own man. Yeah. Um, I, I, you have to wonder if a decision by Kyrie Irving maybe not to play tonight uh, is somehow connected with the last 24 hours. And I would completely understand it because Kyrie was very anti-return to play. Now, obviously, right. there are people who are very pro-money who wanted to play again. So he lost that battle. But um, anyway, I just uh, up, updating the situation with Kyrie Irving because no one sat out a game last night because of this. I, that could, could change tonight. So we'll let you know if anything else comes over the wire. Let me somehow draw a conclusion on this instead of letting the lowest of the low gather more attention on days like this uh don't be that be a good human like we need the good hu- human movement to take over 
And I feel like that could be the conclusion to what we were just talking about. Either way, it hasn't slowed the baseball news of the day, Sydney, because the baseball news of the day is significant. Tim, we had a blockage in this offseason, and today the enema showed up. It was a huge cleansing as Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco were traded from Cleveland to the Mets in a four-player deal. We're going to hammer the Jays' side of this plus the Mets' side of this. Uh, speaking of good people, Shai Davidi of Sportsnet joining us here on Tim and Sid. Shai, I needed this deal. Regardless of what debate we're about to have, damn, I needed this deal. Well, I mean, given the analogy you just made, you may need other things, too. Um, <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't lying. <laughs> I'm not sure the floodgates are fully open yet. And, uh, you know, it's uh, certainly an interesting start to to the new year and definitely one that is going to have some fallout. Uh, but, you know, the, the big the big moves are, aren't going to happen until one of the free agent signs. And, uh, you know, until we see until we see George Springer or JT Romuto or Trevor Bauer or DJ LeMahieu come off the board. I uh, think we're still going to be in for some slow progress because a lot of free agents are out there looking around and waiting for the bigger shoes to drop and are they're reluctant until one of the big guys comes off the board. All right, so Sid and I had a, a wee bit of a disagreement in block number two of this show. Uh, you can check out the podcast wherever you get your fine podcasts. Um, do you, and I don't know if you know this, but do you know if the Jays offered more and were rejected? Do you know if it was about Lindor not signing long-term? Why, why couldn't the Jays procure Lindor from Cleveland for what seems to be a pretty low price when you add Carlos Carrasco to the mix. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just talking to someone who who said their understanding is that Jays were in pretty big, uh, and obviously not big enough. And you know, the the right price, or did they offer more and were rejected? I mean, ultimately, that's in the eye of the acquiring club, and what, whatever the Jays had on the table, the Mets. Uh, the Cleveland preferred the Mets package. So, you know, I think that that one's hard to say. But, you know, you know, on the surface, if you look at this, uh, you know, I'm not sure how the Jays would have structured a package to, to, comparable, uh, to, to comp this. Uh, you know, they got two major league players in this deal in, uh, uh, with the two infielders, uh, Rosario and Gonzalez. And... You know the Jays, if they wanted infield infielders to cover, Lind- if Cleveland wanted infielders to cover Lindor's loss, you know, I mean, the Jays weren't going to be able to give them a major league ready infielder unless they were trading Bichette or Biggio, which wasn't going to be happening. So I, I think that part of the deal would be tough for them to replicate. And then if they're looking for sort of an expendable, controllable major league piece, then Guriel, you think, is the package that you build that around, and then you're looking at Guriel, Groshans plus. Uh, to to cover some of that, and I'm not sure the Jays want to trade from their upper level prospect depth at this point. So uh, I think part of the the wariness is the the fact you're only getting one year of control back. Uh, the Jays weren't going to use that upper level uh, prospect capital to acquire a player with one year of control. Uh, you know, you know the Carlos Carrasco element is an interesting one because he would be or at least he's projected to be a more productive starting pitcher than everyone in the Jays' rotation except for Ryu. Uh, so, you know, valuing that into the equation is a factor too. But, you know, I just think that the the pathways to a package that the Jays were comfortable with that would have been comparable 
to what the Mets offered would have been a, a difficult one. Sean Avita here on Tim and Sid. So you you don't believe, and I know once upon a time Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was an infielder. There's a reason he's not anymore. I understand that. Um, you you don't think that would have gotten? I guess what I'm asking is, are you, are you willing to tell us what the guts of that might have looked like on the J side, Shy, from an offer standpoint? Like who would have been the guy? Well, I mean, you're going to have to have. I'm just look. I'm just looking at what the Mets put together and trying to to find some sort of comparable value package that you can build that around, right? And you know, you're not you're not trading, you know, Bichette or or Biggio or Guerrero or Teoscar. Um, and so you're looking at that. So it's probably Guriel, uh, which is what you're trying to build that around. Then you know, Cleveland presumably would want a infield piece back. And again, I'm just judging this based on the return that they got from the yeah, Mets. I heard. So at that point, you're looking at like Groshans or uh, you go down the, the farm system and there's uh, Robles Martinez and a couple of other shortstop prospects, but they're lower down. The system would have lower value. So, you know, that would presumably see something along the lines of what the, what Cleveland would be asking for. Maybe they'd ask for Austin Martin, which is going to be a non-starter. So, you know, I think that it just becomes uh, tough to sort of match up to that because, you know, the the Mets had two major league ready middle infielders that they could offer. Uh, one of them with significant upside and one of them who's going to be a productive player for you. So, you know, I think those two pieces uh, immediately make this a bit of a, of a tougher deal for the Jays to, to compare to. I'm just a little concerned shy in that <laughs> if you're going, if you're going to take that next step and you don't think that the, I, the, the contract, I completely understand. Not everyone's going to turn into Kawhi in the Raptors. I get it. And baseball is a completely different sport. I understand that. If you're going to take the next step, though, and, and crow about your farm system and the youth around it and, and the options that it gives you, which we've heard numerous times from that hierarchy, at some point you got to jump. And I'm really surprised they didn't feel Shapiro and Atkins, who know this guy up and down, did not think a year uh, in a contract year where he could ball out wasn't worth it. That's what surprises me the most. Well, again, it depends on the cost, right? And, you know, I think what we're, we're seeing from the Jays to this point is that they are they're setting their values and they're sticking to them, right? Like with, with Kim, who ended up going to the Padres, you know, my understanding is they had their number in and that was that. And then the Padres changed the math a little bit and they got the player. And I think what happened with Sugano today was, uh, you know, and this is, uh, I've had a few people tell me this. Uh, I assume that there's some, some level of truth in it that the Jays were at their number. Uh, it wasn't to Sugano's liking. Uh, and there was just sort of a standoff waiting for the deadline to see if somebody would blink, and nobody blinked, and Sugano went back to, to Tokyo. Uh, and presumably in this situation, too, you know, the Jays would have had their price. They're, you know, you're renting a guy for one year. Uh, you're, you're not going to give up Austin Martin plus to, to make that happen. And again, just guessing on what the, what the Cleveland asks would have been. You know, that, that's just not, that's not helping you where you're at. And I think the Blue Jays at this point feel that they still need a lot of their upper level farm system depth to supplement the big league roster. 
Uh, and, you know, in, I, under ideal circumstances, you're augmenting through free agency or using your prospects from lower down the system to augment the club. And so that, I think, is what they're trying to accomplish this offseason. But ultimately, you know, they've raised expectations. They have to make some things happen. They have to get some things done. And if it's Correct. just complementary pieces, you know, it's going to be a very, very unsatisfactory winter. But... You know, there are a lot of opportunities. The Mets seem to have boxed themselves out to some degree or, or at least made it more difficult for themselves to land Springer without crossing into the collective uh, balance tax or competitive balance tax. Uh, and, you know, if I'm the Blue Jays right now, I'm doubling down and trying to make sure that, you know, they don't let Springer get run through their fingers or slip through their fingers. Okay. One, I love Sid's correct, which just means that he agrees with you. And two, thank you for making uh, my point for me, Shai. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> and, and two, I want to I want to walk down this Kawhi Leonard analogy that everyone, including Sid, is making. But you mentioned Springer, and I think that's more important for now. Could it be Springer, Lemay, Hugh, Bauer, or Bust for the Jays right now? I mean, I don't think it's it's Bust because there there are a lot of good options. And, you know, I was just talking to, to somebody right now. And he said, look, there, there are people out there that are going to take their money. And, you know, so they've got money to spend and they're going to make some things happen. And they've got a lot of different permutations that they can work through. So, you know, before we judge this offseason, we have to see how it plays out. But Correct. You know, I think. Incorrect. Incorrect. But I think the thing is, is we don't know what their plan A is. And if you're missing out on your plan A, then, you know, I, I think in hindsight, I'd be curious to understand, why didn't you get your plan A done? Was it because you weren't willing to spend the dollars? Was it because you weren't willing to give up the prospects? And then what is the gap between your plan A and plan B? So, you know, I think to fairly judge, we have to see where they end up and where they land. But I think when the Blue Jays themselves are the ones who have raised the expectations, they've created the expectations for themselves. Correct. You know, they are the ones who ultimately are going to have to answer for it if they don't meet them. That might have been my my greatest call on this show ever. Is that when you had better? You had better. No, it's just, it's understanding. I like it a lot. When Sid says correct, it means he agrees with you. But correct. (laughs) You're right on that. Shy, permission from you to judge if Springer also ends up in New York with them having Lindor on one year. Can I judge then? Again, it depends on what they do what from there. And if they, if, they, if they still get real Mudo and uh, they're able to acquire a top-notch starter via trade and then, uh, you know, make get Jackie Bradley Jr. for center field, you still and maybe Hendricks for the bullpen, you still might be pretty happy. I just don't see a better yeah. duo this offseason, and God bless Blake Snell and you, Darvish. I, do, I would not see a better duo picked up by any team than George Springer and Francisco Lindor with James McCann, by the way, behind them. Oh. I just can't see it. All right. Can't see it. I mean, for the Mets, for the Mets. Just in baseball, period. Like, they win the offseason I mean, if that you, happens. They win. You think they the Jays could have gotten – you wanted them to get Springer, Lindor, I've been told by everyone, and Real the in, No, I didn't say Real Mudo. Shai Davidi and everyone's come on the show and said Springer's their priority. Springer's interested. All right. I'm believing everyone. Lindor's been on the block the whole time. All right. I'm believing everyone. So I'm wasn't it working under or? the assumption that you could have even swung both. Both. Because one just costs you money. Okay, the other shy, one costs shy. you capital. 
I <laughs> shot. Was, uh, I was going to say, like, you're, you're getting Lindor at a, at a one-year guarantee, right? And are you looking to build something temporarily? Or are you looking to put in some pieces for so this can be something that you can sustain? It might, but it not, so, might not be temporarily, Sean. It might not be temporarily. They know him. But it, but it might be. It might be for one year, or it might be that you know you, he's going to cost you so much to resign that he's going to cut you off from doing other things. And look, I think you can have one. You know, it's easy for the Blue Jays right now because they've got one big contract on the books in Ryu, and they've got all this financial flexibility to work with. But as soon as you're adding two, three big contracts on the books, well, and this is your team for an extended period, and now you're you're cutting yourself off to other opportunities including potentially down the road when you have to start thinking about trying to extend Bichette, trying to extend Guerrero, and trying to extend well, that's all fair. Yeah, completely. and Teoscar Hernandez. So, so I think that you, know, you have to be really judicious in when you're using your prospect capital. And if you're going to be blowing your brains out for a, uh, for a rental player, you better be on the cusp of being a World Series club. And the Blue Jays aren't there right now. They need to make multiple ads. So I, I think to at this point, if you're going to sacrifice that much prospect capital for a rental player, you know, you're hurting yourself down the road when your roster is going to be more expensive and you're going to need some of the financial flexibility that having young players around uh, affords you. But if Lindor leaves, you have the, the flexibility. It's win-win. If Lindor leaves, then you still have that flexibility, right? That's a 2022 but problem. But, That's not a 2021 but problem. But you've lost the prospect capital to make things happen for 2022. You've sent them two two top ten prospects, not even top five, based on what we saw today. You send them two top ten prospects. That's your prospect capital plus Lourdes Gurriel. No, but that eats into it. And then, but if you keep on along that path, then all of a sudden you have no depth. You have no organizational depth, and you're a top heavy okay. club. And that's how you become the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say but that's that. That's the. That's what you're. That's what we're weighing here. That's exactly what but you're the Jays, weighing. But the here. Jays also aren't spending three hundred thirty-three million on one player. Like it's not. I don't know if it's an even comp. Like I okay, know what you're saying, Shy, but the, I don't know if it's the, they're the Phillies necessarily. Again, but it, it's it's what happens underneath the roster too, right? Like the the whole reason that you need to have prospects is not just as currency to trade, but also to have depth around when you have injuries or for when you have underperformance or when you need to start replacing guys. And then you need them. You need those cheap players at that point to help support the fact that you have more expensive players on the roster. And so, you know, what you're subtracting right now comes, it comes back and bites you in 2023, 2024. And that's when things start getting a bit more complicated. So, you know, if you're if you're going to blow your brains out for somebody, then do it for I don't know, Luis Castillo or something like that. All right, I get that. You get some control back. It fits fits a need, and it's for multiple years, right? That one, okay, I get that. But if right. you're going to have to, you know, give up Jordan Groshans plus uh, plus a Lourdes Gurriel uh, for one year of Lindor, and then remember that it's also going to cost you money to backfill for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. at that point in the outfield. So, you know, the, there are multiple impacts on the roster, Sid, that it's not just you look at this in, in one spot in isolation. You know, I think if, like, we're ta- having this discussion next offseason or the offseason afterwards when, in theory, the Blue Jays might just be that one player away, it's a different, it's a different equation. But the way that it is right now, with all the different things they need to address to, to make themselves a legitimate contender – 
I, just, I can I can at least understand the thought process where you say now is not the time to plunder my system for one year of Lindor. Uh, Sid Sixero gave me the go ahead, Tim. You can speak now, and we are out of time. Uh, the one thing that both of you left out is maybe they're confident that they can get other pieces in here that would be sufficient replacements for all of the stuff that you're talking about and do it before the end of the off season. I know Shai kind of referred to it a little bit. And the other uh, elephant in the room analogy that everyone keeps making to Kawhi Leonard is I would argue that the Toronto Raptors were way further along and one player makes way more of a difference in the NBA than Francisco Lindor does with a Toronto Blue Jays team that might be a year or two or maybe even three away from being the 91 Blue Jays who are going to go and get Paul Mollett or Ricky Henderson or one of those guys. I tried to fit exactly. as much as I could into a minute, but I. Theme of the day. Theme of the day. You're ba- you're bang on on that, Tim. I, I think from a, a, a timing standpoint, uh, you know, the the, the uh, and where the Raptors roster were. I mean, the Raptors had already been to the Eastern Conference Finals at that point. You know, the you know the Blue Jay- the Blue Jays made it to the playoffs in a shortened season in an expanded format. It, it's it's not even it's like a apple to watermelon comparison. <laughs> I'm not familiar with either. Shai Davidi joining us here on Sportsnet. Uh, Shai, let's hopefully there's enough news where we make, uh, if you want to come back, hopefully I didn't piss you off, but uh, let's make this a regular thing hopefully soon. Hopefully the news kind of picks up here and, and we get going. So appreciate it, brother. Take care. Be well, guys. Stay healthy. There is uh, Shai Davidi. I can't wait for the day where we don't have to finish our conversations or emails with that. Be well. Stay healthy. I'm starting to get oh. pissed off at it. I may just keep it. I may just, honestly, no. Tim, I may just keep it. It's just a nice thing to, you know, when's the last time you wished unhealth? I, I don't often do it. I wish you'll know, stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, right. I like saying it. I like saying it. Uh, we'll see what Brian Burke says, and then we'll we'll wonder. Uh, he's going to join <laughs> us next right here on Tim and Sid Sports that Radio at TV. Welcome back. NHL season six days away. Brian Burke of Sportsnet joining us on the line. Berkey, how you doing, sir? Things good? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Berkey, I got to tell you, I'm, um, I, I'm not only excited about the season to come, I ab- I'm obsessed with the Sportsnet hockey promo. It's on. <laughs> I am obsessed. I watch it four times a day. And the, Oscar, <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Brian Burke. Your performance in this, hold Brian, on, is unbelievable. Hold on. How, how much of a departure was it to yell at people <laughs> yeah. from above? How much of a departure? I, I, it was nice to yell at people at work and not worry about HR. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest role you've ever had. You know what? The, the first take, I, I did it. I used a different word for screwing around or whatever it was. I used oh. a, a expletive, and the whole crew cracked up. So they're ready. They're like, okay, All go right. ahead. I turned to the railing. I said, quit screwing around whatever, but I said something different. And everyone cracked up. So that's going to live for a while, I think, in the archives over there. All right. Uh, Berkey, please text us the word later, uh, if you would, please. <laughs> Figureitout.com. No, it could be eight. Hey, Berkey, okay. man. Okay. Like a, so here, let me give you some box. clues. It's Orr's box let, of words, uh, Berkey. I'll give you some clues. I worked for a team in Anaheim, and they were the... I got I got it. I got <laughs> okay. it. I got it. Thanks for Six. giving me the swearing on phonics there, Berkey. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, I love so, how it but, took but, you that to get it. 
Honestly, Berkey, how many takes? That was a, that's a fun ad. How many takes did you take? Uh, we did two. They kept the first one, though. Wow, look at this. Two-take wonder. Brian Burke. Two-take hey, wonder. I'm, I'm not new with this, guys. Broadcasting <laughs> is my life. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, uh, go ahead, Timmy. Go ahead. We had, uh, we had Bill Daly on the show just to, to begin the, uh, the, uh, the segment, the, the episode. And um, it, 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 was, it seemed like we were swimming in the deep end the whole time because it's been real tough for the league, for the Players Association to come together and get this. And I said this to, um, to, to Bill as well. Like outside of health and safety, because I think I assume that most of us, all of us say the most important thing heading into the season is health and safety. I'll say it each and every time. But, but outside of health and safety, from a guy who's worked in many different capacities around the league, like what concerns you the most about this upcoming season? Health and safety. And I'm not being a smartass. Like right now, whether we succeed or not and finish this season and get to play is all about health and safety and player discipline and staff discipline. Like they're not doing a true bubble. They are counting on their players. And I've talked to a couple GMs about this last couple days. Like I know what I would do. If I were still running a team, I would do curfew checks. I would do room checks, which I've never done in my life. But if we're on the road and say Calgary comes here to play Toronto, they play Wednesday, they got Thursday off, they play again Friday, I would check curfew on Thursday, which I've never done in my life. I would do a buddy system. Hmm. I'd say, okay, Tim, you and Sid, your buddies. Tim, if you screw up, Sid gets suspended too for a game. Like I would make this as difficult as possible. The oh, you're talking I've game. Talked, you're talking game checks. You're talking game checks. Yeah, night oh, wow. before. Yeah, wow. Room checks. Wow. Like we we so we have we have curfew. We have standing curfew. When I say we back in my team days. The reason you have a standing curfew is if the player gets in trouble. So let's say a player gets in trouble at one o'clock in the morning, gets in a fight in a bar. Technically, right then he's in violation of team rules. So every team has a curfew. Because it gives you a layer of insulation with the player if he screws up. But no one checks. I would check the curfew. I'd say, look, guys, we're doing room checks. I'm embarrassed. but So I, I would I would be really vigilant about this. The, te- the teams I've talked to, the GMs I've talked to, are relying on the players being reliable and education. And, okay, all you can do is hurt yourself. But it's obviously not working in the NFL. Or the NBA. Or Major League Baseball to start. Like, all of them got the kick in the ass at baseball the start got of the year. At the end. Yeah, baseball got yeah. it at the end. And the Basketball start. seems to be coming around, yeah. I mean, they, they understood. Right, um, right. Sorry, yeah. right now, you're dealing with a, a, a strain of this virus that's more contagious than ever before. Not more deadly, thank God. But right now, it's a raging hotspot across the U.S. So it's got to be bus, skate, bus, meal. Bus, game, bus, hotel for the foreseeable future. And they're talking about the vaccine. The vaccine's not going to be widely distributed in North America, at least until June, in my view. At, at, in some places, not until 2023 at current yeah. pace. At right. And I'm not yeah. making that up. Yeah. So, um, but, Berkey, I find that interesting because, as you know, we all know full well, even with this new strain out there, even with everything we've seen the last 10 months, you go to different states around the U.S. right now, the rules are still different. There are spots open, depending on where you are. And yeah, in Canada, it will, ev- it will eventually happen where certain cities and provinces are ahead of others. We all know that's going to happen. 
Like I don't I don't mind that idea at all because as a GM, but can you imagine in this environment you get a call at three thirty in the morning, and you yeah, might have to forfeit games because some guy was an idiot and he shouldn't have been. Like I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, or worse yet, I don't get the call. He sneaks back in, gets past the security guard, stays up till one o'clock to make sure. He sneaks back in and the next day infects nine guys on his team. Yeah. Like there's yeah. COVID going through the league now. They're not allowed to say what it is, but there's COVID cases in the league right now. I can promise you that because I know. Right. And if you're walking around North America and specific spots in the United States, you can't avoid it. Um, I was uh, I was asking my old man what to expect from a seven-team division because he was around for the original set. I'm not saying you're quite as old as Tommy McAuliffe, Mr. Burke, but how do you see this I bet playing? you I'm close. I bet yeah. you I'm close. How old is your dad? 83. Oh, I'm not the close to that. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't about, think uh, you were. Berkey, you're about 48, right? 48. <laughs> All right, I like Sid better than you now, Tim. Uh, uh, no, I'm 65. Everyone can look it up. I'm 65. 65 I do not remember. Berkey. I do not remember the original six, but I do remember reading about it. I'm old enough to have watched it. I didn't start watching pro hockey till I moved to Minnesota, so that was when the North Stars came in. So, yeah, but they played 10 times, 9 times, 8 times, yeah. whatever it was, 62-game schedule with six teams. Now, this this has great value in terms of the intensity and the proximity of opponents and familiarity with opponents. It's going to lead to some really good truculence. I love it. Nice. But people are going to nice. get tired of it, too, after a year. So I read where people say the Canadian division might continue past this year. As a season ticket holder of the Leafs, I don't want that. If they want more Canadian content, great. But I still want to see Sid. Still like to see Ovi. Still like to see, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champions. So I want some variety. This year, this is all we can do with the quarantine. And the league is only doing what they can do, but it's pretty exciting. Brian Burke here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Tim, do me a favor. Hold your picture up again. Uh, Berkey, Tim's got a picture just, of his old I was, man. I was and to I just want to let, let the viewers at home uh, walk us through who's where, where is he exactly, Timmy? Forgive me. I don't know exactly on the photo. Uh, that's Windsor. I'm trying to show how old he is. Uh, it's a great Windsor, photo, Berkey. It's an old Windsor, school black Ontario. and white. That's great. He is uh, Tommy McAuliffe, Real Chevrofis, nice. and Jack Costello, whose uh, brother, Murray right. Costello, ended up running Hockey Canada. So that's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying he's, it. He's I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying they it. A, they won an Allen him. Cup, which Berkey would know nothing about because he went to Providence where he played oh, for wow. Some, wow. some nobody oh. named oh. Oh, Amarillo. Yeah, well, no, welcome so, back, Berkey. Welcome back. So, I know what the Allen Cup is. I know what the Allen Cup is. I know how important it was yeah, back in the day. I get it. It's, um, it's yes, I Canadian played at Providence thing. College. And you the coach understand. of the U.S. World Junior Championship winning team – Coaches at Providence, Nate Lehman. Nice. Uh, nice. Do you so want to do? Track. We would let you do. Listen, I understand that you have made a lot of your adult career in Canada. Uh, you have a certain appreciation for our home and native land, but I also know the time and effort that you've put into cultivating USA hockey. And despite the fact that you fell asleep while I was talking about my father, which normally would end up. Uh, in you and I getting in a little bit of a tiff, I will allow you to do a little jig on your kids winning the World Juniors. I won't do that. No? I'll tell you why. 
No, I won't do that. I've worked for for uh, USA Hockey in many tournaments. I think thirteen tournaments. Thirteen. I've done two two Olympics, one World Cup. I think nine or ten. I want to say ten World Championships, going back to nineteen ninety three. I'm very proud to be an American. Very proud to work for USA Hockey. I am equally proud to be a Canadian citizen. I, I became a Canadian in 1992, and I remember I was so proud when I took the oath. So to me, this game to me was like, okay, I'm happy the U.S. won. The U.S. needs those wins more than Canada does, just so people realize. The one thing I love about Canada, well, there's many things I love, but one thing I love about Hockey Canada is they expect to win. They won a silver medal, and people are furious. <laughs> like the, the disappointment. Can you imagine the standard being that high? That if you don't want a gold medal, it's a failure? So I think the Canadian team was the best team in the tournament. They did not play the best game the other night. I felt the Americans out canada Canada, if that makes sense. The swarming. Like, if you look at whenever Canada had the puck, there were five white shirts in the shot, if you're looking at TV. So they out canada Canada. So they deserve to win that game. Could they win a best of five? I don't know. But I'm very proud of both countries and both teams. I don't pick one one day I stand on one side of the fence, one day I stand on the other. Canada's got <laughs> nothing to hang their head about. They they had the best team in the tournament. They had a great tournament. They lost in a to a really good team in a very superior game. How many better hockey games have you watched in your life than that game? Because I guarantee you, you're counting on, on your fingers and thumbs. Well, it's the best one of the tournament by far. The bar wasn't high, yeah. but it was the best one well, of the you tournament Well, you know what? You could say that, Sid. I know what you're saying. People say, oh, 16 nothing, this and that. And they're like, they shouldn't have all these teams in. And, yeah, you could argue that. But I, I remember I told this story on the radio the other day. I met the World Championships one year, and Germany qualified. And we spanked them. We beat them 7-1, and Canada beat them 9-2, and Czechs beat them, and I talked to Franz Reindel, and Franz Reindel was head of the German Ice Hockey Federation back then. A wonderful man, bright guy. His daughter lives in Calgary. And I said to Franz, I said, shouldn't there be a mercy rule? You know when you're a kid, you get up 5 nothing, and the clock runs? Oh, yeah. To get rid of stop time? Shouldn't there be a mercy rule? He goes, are you kidding? He said, first off, we're happy to be here. Then you get to share the revenue, right? Like the world championships, the television contracts were $30 million a year. So they get to share in that. The IHF distributes that money. So now they're on the world stage. They don't care if they get spanked. They're like, we're going to get better, which they have, steadily better. We're going to get better. We like the notoriety. It attracts kids. It's not all bad. So you say, oh, it's 16 nothing for Austria. Austria got beat 16 nothing, But Austrian kids were watching that tournament. And they'll get the bug. So it, it all you got to live with some of these things to, to make things better. Maybe it was that we hadn't seen hockey in a bit, and that's how we saw it start. Maybe that's my issue. Or, or maybe you're just know. a negative person, Sid. I mean, I think I'm pretty positive, actually. I think I'm 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 built on positivity. No one here. Well, you'd have yeah, you, no. you'd have to be based on your clothing choices. You'd have to be. <laughs> someone someone dressed me, sir. <laughs> you are you are aiming at someone else. You're aiming at the wrong person here. Not I'm comfortable today, though. I like Botch. it. For the record, I'm not like today, Botch. Laser suits are coming back, Sid. You'll be fine. <laughs> Stop screwing around. It's up. <laughs> Germany has a Hart Trophy winner. Austria had a first rounder on that team. Like, uh, Berkey, you watch a lot of rugby. There, not a lot of teams 
there's there's a lot of beatdowns, and everyone's happy to play in the World Cup, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, and that's what you have to look at it is look at the growth in my career. So I started in 1987. I was in the agent business before that. Switzerland was a was a pimple, and now guess what? First round picks, second round picks. Yeah. Switzerland has turned into a legitimate hockey competitor. Germany, which is a country of 90 million people, the size of Ohio, Indiana, and Pennsylvania combined, slightly bigger than that. But this tiny country has 90 million people. They're big. They're athletic. They're producing players at a rapid clip. Austria's produced a handful. Norway, like, we got to keep growing it. Slovenia has one, but they'll have more. Like, that's the beauty of the game. So, yeah, is it lopsided when these teams compete in an international competition with powerhouses like Canada? Yes. Do we have to live with that to grow that crop? Yes. Brian Burke. Quit clowning um, around, Sixero. Berkey, one <laughs> last question. Did Sportsnet uh, promo people want you to say truculence in that ad or not? Were you asked to say truculence? I don't know. I haven't seen it. No, but like during the shoot, did someone <laughs> did someone put in, say, hey, Berkey, yell out truculence from the top instead of stop screwing around? Like, did someone ask you to do that? I don't think so. Is that on there? No, no, no. I'm just saying because no, you are known not. for the term truculent. So I'm wondering if, 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 and it's an easy poll. If someone in promo said, "Hey, Berkey, you know what? I got an idea. Say truculence from the upper level here at the at the hockey studios." I would like a mo- I would like a movement to start on Tim and Sid to get Sportsnet to let me go on the air without my tie. That's what I would like. You can go on yeah. without a shirt if you want. Are that, you kidding me? That's easy. Come we'll on, get that man. done. <laughs> Berkey without the tie. Do you want it hanging, or do you oh, want you gotta it wear just it. no you gotta tie? Wear it. You just can't tie it. Oh, all right, all right. Because no, if because you go the, on, hang on. You want the tie scarf. A, you want the tie scarf. You, if you go on without a tie, you're just a slob. You're just a casual dresser. You don't care. That's if you wear a tie but don't tie it, you're acknowledging it's an important event, and you're going to wear a tie. Destroying our entire existence, Mikhail. Entire existence. Uh, Berkey, I think. Uh, I'm still a fan of the untied tie Berkey. I've always been a huge fan of untied tie Berkey. It's a unique look. No one rocked it. You rocked it well. So I'm fine with it. I'm good with that as well. But you can't do it every it. day. You can't do it every day. It's the almost got to be the, the, the special occasion has to be the untied tie in my mind. Okay. All right. Okay, Berkey. So Wednesday, are you going to do this? No tie? Period. No time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. Listen, <laughs> that's, that's I'm not important enough to dictate the dress code yet. It'll be a long time. I would, I'd I would to, I'd argue. I'd have to be Elliot Friedman. We're going to oh, get it trending. A... Hashtag Berkey's tie. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, Berkey, all the best, man. We appreciate it, and have a good day. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's fun. Despite the fact that he was ripping on me talking about my father. That was on me because I asked you to hold it up. You held, you held it up the first time, but I didn't like. I was I was having trouble distinguishing, and I wanted to respect the photo, so I asked you to bring it up the no, second you, time. You respected that one, the photo. That one was on. I feel like I feel responsible for that happening. So my apologies to you on that. Berkey crapped all over. I was just trying to establish how old. The snoring sound effect I was not expecting in that moment. I was like, "Do it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again." That's so old, Tommy. Right? So Tom, uh, Tommy McAuliffe on the left. Tim. Tommy McAuliffe, camera left. That, sorry, that's Tommy McAuliffe. Forgive me. And uh, Tim, for those listening, Tim is just going through a great photo. See, that's, that's a great photo. I love that. That's fantastic. Real, Real Chevrofis and Jack Costello. And Jack Costello is awesome. probably watching in Windsor right now. So there you Shout go. out, Windsor. Shout out, Jack. We're going to take a break. 
Uh, I think we're going to talk sports on the way back. This is Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Probably. I think it's in the contract. Not much. This is Tim and Sid across the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 590 FM. And on TV, on Sportsnet. Seems like a happy Berkey. Hockey six days away, man. I, 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 I get it. I get it. I think that's it. Have you have you exhausted all of your conversations around how this is going to start in the National Hockey League? Or are there still things that, like, you got stories kind of coming out of camp. You still have the line A deal. And I just saw a hockey insider talking about Dubois for line A. And I was thinking, where did I hear that before? But whatever. Um, <laughs> where, where are you on the... We're, we're ready to go because it seems like this has kind of been bubbling for over a month. Um, I mean, two things. One, Tim, I, I read the entire uh, Lisa McLeod, Minister of Heritage and Sport, press release uh, just before the show regarding the Leafs and Sens playing at home next week. And, like, to me, because of the mood of everyone right now, like, I feel like that that's a two-line press release. It should read... Uh, health health officials have been satisfied. Uh, Leafs and Sens are allowed to play at home. And the public safety has been taken into account. Like two lines, right? In and out. Not not the grandstanding where bring Lord Stanley's uh, home now. That she Like this Lisa McLeod release. Read the room, man. Like I am pleased to announce uh, the games we all love to watch. As Tim said, let's bring Lord Stanley home. That's a little overcooked, okay? Because not everyone's on board like that. Just read the room a bit better is the, my first thing. Because I did notice that before the show. You're and asking, like, hold on, hold, wait a second. Two-line release and move on. You're, you're asking break. politicians in 2020 and or 2021 to read the room? <sighs> Goodness gracious. Uh, I want Bring Lord read Stanley home! Yeah! Yeah! Small business, don't worry about it. Yeah! Joke. Let me jump on this bandwagon. Hey, yeah. let's go. Hockey's back. Maybe a curfew next week. Yeah. Should have put it hashtag right. it's on. <laughs> I love that promo. Um, I love that. Hold promo. on a second. Speaking of reading the room, you told our digital guys to put up a poll. Should poll Brian up. Burke wear a tie Correct. on air this season? Correct. That's not... He said he's going to wear the tie. It's going to be around his neck. Should he have to do up the tie? Oh, do up the tie. Is I thought the it was question. I, I thought no. he was going buck. I thought he was going no, buck. No, he's telling right. you you're an idiot for not wearing the tie I when think we are go, not man. in our basement. Look at this. I'm barely wearing underwear. Look at my career. It's just going up, man. Just what's working, McAuliffe. It's working. All right. So, so, so speaking of going up, let's bring a different poll in. <laughs> Let's it's do, not let's should he wear a tie on air this season. It's can he un, can he wear an undone tie okay. on air this season or something of the sort. And Sixero has frozen in protest of what the discussion is because he shockingly did not I'm listen back. to Brian Burke when he was on I'm the back. air with us. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Right. There you go. I'm back. Um, 
All right, so I'd, 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 I'd rather see Berkey do it up the whole way, personally, than have it hanging like that, but that's just me. The hanging mm-hmm. look is a popular look, but what about you? T- tied You'd rather up or not see tied him up? do it up or do wear it, it the way he yeah. always wears it? Yeah, I'd rather him do it up. I'd rather him do it up. I think that there should be no harm, no foul, if Brian Burke wears undone tie or done up tie. All right. Tied tie or undone tie, I think he should have the choice because 2021 has given us a new look on life and a new lease on life. And wearing a tie is the least of our worries. Did you say 2021, seven days in, has given us a, a, new, a new look at life? Seven days into 2021. That's not great. Uh, well, I, I <laughs> That's think, not great. I think that it was 2020 leading into 2021. But I did. But it like, might be, I, I might be Lisa re- McLeod here and unable to read the room. No, no, your your statement makes more sense to me. Your statement makes more sense to me. Um, all right, Tim. Before we go here, one one last the one thing we didn't talk about with the Raptors, who again fell to one and six last night. We talked about other issues with the Raptors and, and what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fall to one and six. Pascal looked okay though. Do you yeah, draw something from that? Do you do you draw you thirty two? You look crisp. Like do you take something from that? That's Really positive, or just one good night? Show me something the rest of the trip. No, I think I think it's the start, and I think that he had he had uh, he had lost so much confidence, uh, lost so much swagger. Correct. That against a pretty good team, you take what you got last night and you attempt to build on it. Like there has to be baby steps here, and I know that maybe Raptor fans want these baby steps to be a lot quicker, but take those baby steps and get the bleep out. You can always tell the way he goes to the hoop how he's feeling. I think you saw that a lot last night. Yeah. Um, Speaking of basketball, right. Cavs Grizz uh, on the network tonight. Schedule. And the Spurs and the Lakers also on the network tonight. So if you're looking for NBA basketball, it's Good fantastic. Good and games. Uh, Tim, fantastic job. Thanks for this. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the Tim and Sid crew. I'm Sid Sixeri. is Tim McCall. We were live on TV and radio. Join us again tomorrow on the Friday show. And remember, as we leave you, always wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And wash your hands. Should be doing it anyway. Washing Just do it. Hands. Undo your tie. Washing your hands. Un- wash your hands. Undo your tie.